You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's happening, Chicago Bears fans? The 2018 NFL season is over. And while the official start to the 2019 league year is still about a month away, us Bears fans are already fired up in anticipation of what year two of the Matt Nagy era will bring. And I got a special guest in the show today, so let's get down to business uh, right away and let's get things started. So welcome to the show. This is T-Formation Conversation. My name is Lester A. Wolfong Jr., and I am the editor-in-chief at Windy City Gridiron. And if you guys listen to us right now, you're listening on the Windy City Gridiron podcast channel. Um, and our new host site, which is Megaphone. Uh, but you can still subscribe to us at all the places you normally get your podcasts, uh, iTunes, Google, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and you'll still get the show plus Bear With Me, which is Robert Smith's show. Plus, we have another show that is coming very soon that I'll touch on in a second. Uh, but now that I got that out of the way, I want to welcome a longtime friend of the show. He is the lead draft analyst at Windy City Gridiron. You can follow him on the Twitter at the Draftsman FB. And you might hear him co-hosting a show right here on the WCG channel real soon. So EJ Snyder, welcome to the show. EJ, long time no talk. Yeah, it's been a bit. Switch platforms a couple times. Yeah. And, uh, we're out of season now, but happy to be back on and, and looking forward to things to come here pretty quick. Well, well, the Bears are out of season, but this is your season. This is when you when you really shine, right? Oh, this is uh, this is Christmas. We're starting the the Christmas season for me. Uh, I always say it's like opening gift, but yeah, I've uh, I've fallen off the wagon completely. I'm back into film work and I knew making it. excuses to friends and family. <laughs> so so I mentioned it briefly, but a little birdie told me that you were thinking about getting a podcast going right here. Uh, do you have any details to share right now? Uh, yeah, WCG contributor Jeff Berkey's and I are going to be cranking up a podcast here sometime within the next month. We're in the That's planning awesome. stages right now and really looking forward to being able to bring some new and different content to uh, supplement what you and Robert are doing on the WCG Podcast Network already. That's awesome. We're looking forward to it. So so a couple of days ago, I asked you to send me your top needs for the Bears in the offseason, and I do want to get into that. But before we touch on some draft prospects, because that's your forte, uh, I want to get your general thoughts on Mitchell Trubisky's development because you're the guy that predicted the Bears could move up to two from three in the draft to take him. It's true. I did do that. And I think there were a lot of good things. There's been a lot written about Trubisky, um, some good, some bad. But really, if you compare his early games this year, games sort of one through four, looked pretty nervous in the new system, looked like he was pushing a lot. Uh, at that point, I was sort of urging caution and saying, hey, let's not make any judgments. It's the first four games of a new system. Let's let's see how he looks in the last eight or really the last four games of the season. And if you compare those two sets, the first four and you know either the last eight or the last four, there's a lot of growth there, and the arrows are pointing up. So, And even so, even if you think he had a mediocre season, if you look at what he did statistically and in terms of leading the Bears to the playoffs for the first time in a while – it was a really positive developmental season for him. You know, I, I kind of felt the same thing. He kind of grew as the season went on. You know, what are your thoughts on some of the, the issues he had with accuracy as a year? He had a pretty good uh, percentage, 
but there were some times where some of the throws just looked a touch off. Is that scheme? That just him kind of have, 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 having to grow with the system? I think early in the year it was scheme. Uh, scheme and players. We forget that a lot of these offensive players were in the, in the system for the first time. Yep. Allen Robinson was in the system for the first time. I mean, all the Bears players were in the system for the first time for the most part. And Trubisky was fortunate, and he didn't get his feet settled on a lot of it, and he just wasn't sure of his reads yet. Uh, Nagy's system is not... Uh, it's not simple, but it's not terribly complex either, but you just need to work your way into it and work your way into the teammates, and it was just too much early in the season. And we saw him rush a lot of throws and throw a lot of just bad balls, miss open receivers, that kind of thing. Uh, but we also saw some really good things in there. We saw we saw glimpses that are sort of frustrating. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, he made a great pass there, and then, oh, he airballed the next one. That's not awesome. That consistency got better throughout the year, and I think with a full year in the system – uh, and success behind them. It worked. They beat people. They put up points. And the biggest thing, I think, for Trubisky was the moment wasn't too big for him at the end of the year. Yeah. Last game of the year, you know, third or fourth quarter, they weren't going away from the quarterback. They weren't, you know, riding Jordan Howard and taking the ball out of his hands. Matt Nagy was more than comfortable in putting the ball in Trubisky's hands and saying, go do what you do. And that's a that's just something you can't teach, and that's a huge, huge thing moving forward. Yeah, I thought the same thing. As the year went on, he got better. The moment was 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 never too big for him. You know, the very first game against the Packers, he looked a little shook in the second half, but but since that game, I think he kind of learned from his mistakes. He got better as the year went on, and and and. Uh, I think that he is does have what it takes to be a franchise quarterback. I assume you are you're, you're in the same boat as and that as well. Absolutely, and it's I think my biggest problem with how Chicago media and fans or, or even fans around the country, NFL fans around the country treated Mitch Trubisky was how quickly we forget, right? How yeah. quickly we forget that Chicago couldn't buy even a, a medium amount of decent consistency at that position for how long? Yeah. You know, there wasn't a guy that could win games at that position for Chicago for quite a while. Now you can say what you want about Cutler, but Cutler is a lifetime five hundred quarterback, no matter whether he's in Denver or Chicago, Miami. He is a lifetime five hundred quarterback. So you're gonna win half your games with Cutler. Yeah. I think we have all seen already that with Trubisky the possibility of winning more than half your games is is a reality. Definitely, it's definitely really a real exciting time now for Bears fans. Uh, but to stay with quarterbacks, you, you you had quarterback as one of the needs for the Bears this offseason, which is something I actually agree with. Uh, we actually obviously have Trubisky and Chase Daniels, your top two. Uh, but Taylor Bray is, I think, is finally done with, with his uh, practice squad eligibility. I think he's twenty seven. He's been in the league, I think, now five years. He has enough accrued seasons where they can't keep bringing him back on the practice squad and stashing him there. Uh, so the Bears need that third guy just in case. You know, they, they may not keep him on the roster, but having a guy in the pipeline in the practice squad just in case something happens, you know, they need him there. Plus, you need a guy for from for, for the reps in camp and OTAs. Uh, so, do you think a Bears could actually draft a guy late, or do you think they may go with an undrafted guy to kind of groom and 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 depending on which one of those guys you go with, you know, who are some rookies you're looking at right now? Yeah, quarterbacks. It's interesting. It, if you're going to spend a draft pick on it, uh, if you're going to spend a draft pick on a quarterback, um, especially in a year when you don't have a lot of draft picks, you better believe in that guy to to at least step into that number two role and sort of um, replace Chase Daniel. Yeah. Uh, and Chase Daniel's here this year, and I think he's done next year. So you got to have again that guy in the pipeline. If he, having a guy with a year of experience in the system, we just talked about growing within the system, would be a huge thing. So if there's a guy there that Matt Nagy really likes and thinks 
Jennings can step in and be the number two for a while. Um, I think that's a great choice. If you're looking at UDFA, you're really just trying to find a gem of a guy maybe that you can stick on the practice squad, and maybe you hope there's some good stuff there. But, you know, the amount of UDFA quarterbacks that make a difference, even as a sort of solid number two that step in and win games, is is pretty small. So if you're looking for that, you're probably going to have to spend a pick on them. Uh, that being said, there's a couple of guys this year that I think if, if they really like him in the mid rounds, um, Brett Rippon, uh, from Boise state yeah, is a guy that he has his flashes. He has, he has troubles, but I think he's got enough skill to be a guy like Chase Daniel. Again, we're not looking for a replacement for Trubisky or, or a Trubisky clone. We're looking for a, a Chase Daniel clone, if you will. Yeah. And I think he's definitely got enough to do that. A very um, cerebral, and, right? He, he's a, he's a, a, a guy from a, a, a football family. Absolutely. His yeah. dad was a quarterback of the Redskins, quarterback then to the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, and he can throw the ball, too. He's he's not a noodle arm guy. Um, and the other guy is a local guy to me, uh, plays at Washington State for Mike Leach, or played, I should say, for Washington State. Mike Leach's offense there, Gardner Minshew, and doesn't get a ton of national press, a very cerebral guy. Uh, has experience in a wider open system that's actually a lot much more much more like Matt Nagy's system so maybe wouldn't have as many growing pains there um, I think when teams get him in the room they're they're going to like him more than than they might think uh, because he is a he, he has a very good football mind um, but he's a guy I might keep an eye on as sort of a dark horse in the later rounds fourth fifth uh, you know if he's there and you know Nagy has his meeting with him and likes him sure I could see it happening Nice. You know, another need that we both agree on is, is a no-brainer. Uh, that's place kicker. Uh, Cody Parkey cannot come back, in my opinion, after making a mockery of the miss uh, by accepting the uh, most honorable player award from the Today Show. That's just a, a joke, a clown show there. Uh, so should the Bears draft a kicker or go the uh, UDFA route uh, to get some competition in there for, for the newly signed Redford Jones? Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool name, right? <laughs> Good old Redford Jones is a great name. Sounds yeah. like he's a 1970s private hire. Yeah. Um, no, they definitely need a kicker, and and I would I would take the throw it at the wall and see what sticks yeah. approach. Uh, the Seahawks are really good at that at, at almost all positions. They'll they'll draft a guy, they'll bring in a couple of UDFA's, they'll bring in a a free agent, uh, and they'll just play him and see who can stand up to it. And and look, I'm going to be super honest. I don't scout place kickers. Yeah. I never have. Um, I don't believe in stat scouting for almost any other position, but for kicker, I think it's pretty good. And there's only really one stat I care about, and that's accuracy from 40 to 49. Uh, statistically, accuracy from you know under 40 yards doesn't really much matter. Almost everybody makes those kicks. If they don't, they're definitely not even in consideration. It's more of an eliminator stat than anything else. But if you're trying to separate good kickers from bad, it's that accuracy from 40 to 49. Those are the money kicks that you have to make. Now, the kicker's also got to have experience if he's coming to Chicago in kicking outside, yeah. natural surface, and with weather. Chicago's a notoriously tough place to kick. Um, but other than that, you find me a kicker that you know doesn't have much of an injury history, is really good from 40 to 49, and you know is pretty confident can come in and, and kick. Sure, I don't care where he comes from. He could be UDFA. Yeah. Spending high draft picks on kickers, third, no. fourth, fifth? No. Ridiculous. Um, if you want to spend any draft pick on a kicker, it's a sixth or a seventh, and, and the Bears only have one of those this year or, or two, but lower down. So draft pick on a kicker, I don't know, but I would bring in a lot of options. And, you know, you never know. This, this is one that could turn really quickly. If they go out and say, sign a Matt Bryant to a one-year deal, which I would 
absolutely be behind Matt Bryan is still kicking at a very very high level um you know the need for kicker pretty much goes away you're not going to sign a, a free agent and bring in you know five guys to challenge him. yeah you know the thing with college kickers most of the times guys that are successful they have pretty big legs because once they get to the pros they get coached up quite a bit because a lot of it the percentages are really bad in college for whatever reason i think part of it is just because that's not their full-time job you know once they get with the with the a, 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 a personal kicking coach they're able to do this pretty much full-time to get ready for the draft and get and get ready for for what's going to be their their trade hopefully moving forward Forward, you know, that actually kind of goes up. So it's one of those things where most successful kickers that come from that the, the, the uh, 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 UDFA route, you know. Yeah, and, and they're journeymen too. Yeah. A lot of successful kickers kicked in three, four, five yep. places before they latched on and then stayed. Um, it's very rare that a guy like a Sebastian Janikowski, you know, gets drafted, goes to a place, stays there, you know, 15 years and, and kicks very, very well. That's that's the, the exception to the rule by far. So. Um, I'm all for a wide open kicking competition in camp. I'd say bring in, you know, three, four guys, yep. even more than that, maybe for tryouts, cut it down to about three guys for camp just for the, you know, the limited reps you're going to get. And then really put them in tough mental situations because kicking is, is really, there's so many guys with big legs out there. It's really about can you knuckle down between the ears and make those kicks when you need to. I mean, I'd like to see the Bears have a, a guy on the roster and a guy on the practice squad. I think you need to have a, a guy there just to be on the safe side because if if you do go with a guy like Bryant, you know he is forty three. So I mean, the, the odds of him falling off at some point is going to happen. So having a guy you trust, having a guy you your coach can work with every day, you know, seeing him a guy you believe in, I think is a good idea. Yeah, uh, NFL teams probably aren't gonna aren't gonna agree with you there. They're gonna they're gonna say give me your number and stay ready. They're not gonna yeah. they're not gonna give them a practice squad. Spot, well, well, the, there, there's a few teams that do it. It's it's not common, but I think with yeah. the, the 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 situation in Chicago, with 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 what's happening here with Parky, yeah, you know, a lot of Bears want you know fans want them to go back to Robbie Gold. What are your thoughts on that? I'd be fine with it. Um, I don't know that it's likely to happen. I've heard quite a few people say that it's likely to happen i think nah. that's probably a stretch um you know folks that have good kickers generally tend not to let them go unless they demand a ton of money or like you said they start to fall off which is really what happened with robbie on his first go round in yep. chicago he he was not kicking well when the bears let him go and he didn't kick well the next year either for the giants then he you know whatever whatever got life whatever got right in Robbie's life got right and he got back to being Robbie Gold and that's yeah. great and if he wants to come back to Chicago I wouldn't break the bank to do it but he seems really open to it he talked about it at the Super Bowl and a couple of different interviews um, and he definitely knows how to kick in Chicago he's a fan favorite and he's been kicking at a very high level just like Matt Bryant he's not a spring chicken but he's been doing what he needs to do which is putting the ball between the uprights so if he wants to come back to Chicago and Chicago will have him and he gets loose of San Francisco all ifs sure absolutely yeah I think he made two million last year in San Fran uh, it was a two-year deal he had there it's deals up uh, there has been some talk from San Francisco about them franchise tagging him which would be about five million for a kicker I mean we have seen it happen in, in the last few years teams have done it uh, if, if they want a guy that they believe in they, they, they want to make sure he stays uh, and I can see him doing with gold they have a lot of cap room um, but the thing, like you said, with Gold, he wants out. Uh, he wants to come to Chicago. He talks about it. He, he he drops hints on on Twitter that he wants to come back to Chicago. It's a really weird situation. And and basically, for me, this is this is my thoughts on the whole Gold thing. Is it's either Gold, in my opinion, or you bring a bunch of young guys like you talked about. You know, when when he was cut, you know, a lot of fans were fine with the decision. Like you said, you know, his preseason was terrible. 
Um, the, the previous year, he had a couple bad stretches where his kicks cost the Bears games. So Bears fans were were mad at Gold at that time. You know, it's 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 a bunch of a bunch of stuff. In hindsight, now our fans are are are, are pissed about it because at the time, most fans were okay with it. Uh, sure. you, you mentioned the Giants. You mentioned the Niners. You know, it wasn't like he went straight to San Fran as being good. Um, yep. So so here's the thing about but Bears cutting him. You know, he even said, I think it was on the score, that getting cut by the Bears was the right thing for the team and the right thing for him because it made him refocus. You know, his, his, he had an injury a couple of years uh, uh, prior. Uh, his body wasn't all the way right. So he got refocused. You know, he, he got his life back together as far as being a kicker. And, and now he's, you know, the last two years been the most accurate kicker in the game. You know, I was on record of being against the Bears cutting him back then, but I understood it from a business standpoint. But Ryan Pace is failing in that situation. It wasn't in the actual cutting of Robbie Gold. It was in not replacing him with a young guy immediately uh, to let yep. that kid grow into the role. You know, look like we talked about. Look around the whole league. You know, the best kickers are young guys that gets, that, that team stuck with. Uh, the Bears were, were rebuilding, so why waste your time with Connor Barth or, or or Mike Nugent when they could have signed a kid and groomed him with for the rebuild? I, don't, I, I never got that. That's the one issue I had with whole pace in the kicking situation. Not the cutting of gold. It's not replacing him immediately with a kid. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've seen that come home to roost. Uh, Ryan Pace pretty much pushed every other correct button uh, on this team a little bit earlier, I think, even than people thought he was going to. Yeah. Um, and as a result, he's got one of the best rosters in the NFL. If you look at it top to bottom, it stacks up with pretty much just about any top 10 team. Um, but the kicking... The kicking shortcomings you're talking about were laid bare for everybody to see, and it cost that team, a, you know, a trip farther down into the postseason yep. earlier than people thought. And that is a very painful way to learn a lesson. But I, because of that, because of how public and painful it was, I doubt very much that Ryan Pace is not going to put a <laughs> lot more effort into the kicking situation. You know, he has already, yeah. so he he knows he's maybe one player away, and it's odd that that one player might be a kicker, but. Oh. Uh, you know, there you go. All right, cool. So, so let's move on to the safety position. Um, again, it, it's a big news now. Do you think the Bears are going to re-sign Adrian Amos? A lot of stuff on Twitter, a lot of stuff on social media, obviously with Amos and, and and what's going on with him. But do you think he's coming back? I don't know. It really depends on what he's. You know, it's always about value, right? It's yeah. The guy's first chance to get out and see what his real value is. So let him go test the market. Let him see what he gets for offers. And if somebody blows him away for a lot more money, you know, top safety money, you, you got to let him go because of the two safeties the Bears have. I, I don't think there's any question which one you want to put money into either now or later. Yeah. You know, it's Eddie Jackson. So you know, Amos is a good player. Yep. Uh, and he came again. Think about it. He came from you know fourth, fifth round, right? He's a fourth round player. Yeah. Yes. Fourth yeah. or fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah, in that range. I think he's a fourth round player. So you know, Chicago Bears have a fourth round pick. Um, uh, Pace's record in safety has been pretty good. He's had some some guys I like. Jackson, I was a huge fan of. You know that pretty well. Yeah. Um, guys like DeAndre Houston Carson, I think he's all right and can play a role. Is he a starter? I, I don't think so. Was never really a big fan of the Deion Bush. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, but he's found guys like Amos and Jackson, um, you know, down in the draft, and that's where they've got picks this year. So if Amos goes, I don't think it's the end of the world. Let's put it that way. Uh, Hub Arkish actually thinks that the Bears may try to upgrade at safety uh, since Amos' asking price is so high. Uh, Hub thinks that they may just go all in and say, you know, let's just go with it, get a guy for a couple years um, and get a better player 
Um, and there's some few upgrades, obviously, out there right now. Uh, 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 Tyron Matthew and then Landon Collins are both free agents. It's a pretty good free agent market for safeties at a top end. So Amos may not get the money they're getting. Um, but if the Bears do stay in-house, you know, you just talked about it. You don't think Deion Bush can work if that's the way they go? I think he can. He certainly improved a lot. He surprised even me with training camp last year, and, and you know that's a bit of a new staff, same defensive staff, but a, you know obviously a new head coach in Mac Nagy, and something turned on for for Deion Bush because before that he didn't look good. He yeah. was he was barely hanging onto that roster. He was you know I don't want to say making a living on special teams, but playing exclusively on special teams and didn't seem to have any shot at breaking in as a as a contributing defensive player. That changed in last year's camp. He definitely had some flashes. He got some time, you know, when people were out, the starters, and actually played decently, and people started to say, hey, maybe maybe Dan Bush has turned the corner, and maybe that's the case. But throughout the season, that didn't really play out. He didn't he didn't have a ton of reps, um, very, very few. And, you know, I think it would be a liability to go into next season and say, oh, yeah, we're, we're completely 100% comfortable with Dan Bush. Now, now maybe they are, uh, but he's also got a new defensive coach, yeah. Jack Pagano, a few things are going to change, and and who knows? Maybe maybe that's great for him. Maybe that's bad for him. But we don't know. And there isn't a body of work to sort of to stand on and say, look, this guy can play in the league at a high level. So, you know, I think they could get it done with DeAndre Houston Carson or Deion Bush. Uh, do I think you know? Do I think they could do better? Uh, you know, either in free agency, certainly they could if they wanted to pay a ton of money. But again, I don't know. It's it's a really good strategy for team building to lock up a ton of money in safety when you know you're going to have to pay Eddie Jackson a bunch of money eventually. I mean, he's Two probably going to yeah. end up. He's probably going to end up being the highest paid safety yep. in the league if he keeps playing the way he's playing, and that's a thing. And, and I would pay him for that in a couple of years if everything stays stays the way it's been. And he stays injury free, but you know, could they do better in the draft? Could they get another Amos? You know, could they get another? You know, I don't want to say Jackson because he's he's blossomed so incredibly well, uh, but there are some guys out there that are pretty interesting at the safety position. And and really, I think the strength of the safety class this year is probably not at the top. Um, last couple of years, it's been a little bit top heavy um, in terms of talent, and this year there's a, a pretty good. A lot of guys in the third, fourth, fifth round. Um, Jaquan Johnson out of Miami is a guy. Uh, Marquise Blair is a is a guy out of Utah who's really interesting physically. His his mental game maybe not so great, but I'm going to be digging into safety here in a couple of weeks and have a better idea about those mid round guys. And I think there's some value there, and, and Pace has experience pulling that value out of the draft. So when it comes to drafting a safety, I think at this day and age, it's nice having a thumper. But I'm not. I'm not so sure it's necessary. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the Bears have two guys back there that are both, uh, both like the same kind of uh, free safety skills that Jackson is. I think it's just in this day and age, you got to have guys that can cover. And those are the guys that are coming out of college. There are very few um, true box safeties because all the box safeties are are linebackers. Linebackers, yeah, yeah. So. Guys have to be able to cover when you're covering four and five wide receiver sets in college all the time. You you can't have a guy that can't cover, and and then you're running a you know 225 pound tight end who runs like a wide receiver. You know now you're down to a sort of fifth yeah. or sixth wide receiver. Everybody's got to be able to cover. So the type of player you're talking about is really the type of player that most colleges that play wide open styles are are producing because they have to cover that too. It's that spread offense. That's it's all wide open, and you have to have guys like yep. So another Bears need we both agree on is cornerback. Um, and, and my concern, like most fans, is that Nickelback, if Bryce Callahan is not resigned, uh, do you trust anyone on the current roster 
to fill in at slot corner if uh, Bryce does walk? I think Sherrick McManus played really well this year. Yes, he did. <laughs> wouldn't, have been, wouldn't have been a guy that had said that in previous years. I thought he played passably in in previous years, but, but I think he is he thirty. Really he's well. thirty, thirty-one, right? I mean, he, uh, he's old. Yeah, I, th- I think he's getting no, up there. I, uh, he's twenty. Ooh, I just looked at it. Hang on. Uh, we're I've both turning to the up. Google machines. Look at us. Yeah, I've got the roster up. Uh, always do when we're doing this. Uh, but I was surprised he's not as old as I thought he was. Sheriff sure, McManus is... 31. Uh, oh, he's 31. Yeah, he's 31. So he's getting there. Uh, but again, guys are playing longer. It's a young 31. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of yeah, mileage on A lot of mileage, yeah. You know, a lot of special teams mileage, but not a lot of defensive mileage. And he played well enough this year that I, I think... I feel... Put it this way: I feel better about Sherrick McManus filling in at nickel than I do about either Bush or DeAndre Houston Carson uh, filling in at safety. So, in the draft, any prospects intrigue you that could come in and and maybe give you some reps at that slot corner? Absolutely. There's always guys yeah. again with the spread. You need three corners, four four corners, I would say. And that the reason I think corners need is because Kevin Tolliver is a wild card. Um, you know, the rookie out of LSU, he's a big guy, 6'2", 192, definitely looks like a boundary corner, runs like a boundary corner, and that's a good thing. But if Fuller or Mukamara goes down, there really isn't anybody behind him except for Tolliver. Sure, Manis is more of a slot corner. Yeah. So you need you need another corner there. Um, and, you know, do you, get, do you go for the outside one to back those guys up, or do you go for a, a pure slot guy that maybe comes in and, and starts, but there's a ton of corners out there. Um, guy I've liked some film on so far, Joe John, uh, Joan Williams out of Vanderbilt. Um, people talk about Chris Boyd out of Texas. I like David Long out of Michigan. There's a guy that a lot of Bears fans have probably seen. Plays right yeah. up the road. Um, Rocky Asin, great name out of Temple. Uh, is another guy that a lot of people talked about. He was at the Senior Bowl. Um, and then another local guy for Bears fans is Montre Hardage out of Northwestern. I haven't watched his tape yet. But, you know, there's guys. There's always going to be guys. There's a lot of corners. 123 underclassmen or something declared this year. Wow. So there's there's a ton of players out there. And, yeah, I think you can get one. You know, outside's a little bit tougher, but I think inside's just as valuable now. Yeah, that makes sense there. Uh, moving on, uh, running back is in need right now because the Bears' uh, third tailback, Benny Cunningham, is a free agent. And I don't think anybody wants to see Taquan Mizell uh, in, in that role here. Uh, but but running back could be an even bigger need if they do trade Jordan Howard, who just got that big raise. He's now making $2 million a year uh, with the, the, the thing with the with the uh, the, the playing time. Uh, escalator. Uh, escalator. Yeah. So, so with Jordan Howard, do you think the Bears should trade him or do you think they should hold on to him? You know, I think he played subtly pretty well, and I think he was a letdown because he was such a focus in in John Fox's sort of old ground and pound offense. Yeah, he was he was the only flash in the offense, and when he didn't have to be, people thought, "Oh, he's fallen off." Well, yeah. he didn't play particularly well earlier in the year, but towards the end of the year, he had quality reps. And let's be honest, Jordan Howard didn't get bad as a football player all of a sudden. Yeah. He's got a lot of skills that we've all seen. So why don't you hold on to him? Now, the question of if they get rid of him, can they get another back? The answer is yes, always. And you don't have to pay anything for them. Yeah. And I know that seems very strange, but I read a great thing uh, this last week that basically said the the determining factors for success at running back have a lot less to do with talent than they do with than they do at a lot of other positions. Now, does that mean talented running backs aren't more valuable than 
less talented running backs. No, they are, but the other factors like scheme, where the coach calls the run uh, in terms of where you are on the field, down and distance, whether or not they use play action a lot, there's a, and whether or not your offensive line's any good. There's a lot yeah. of other factors that are out of the running back's control, and we saw it with the Rams. Rams are paying Gurley, what, $13 million a year or something, and who was their leading running back in playoffs? C-J. A guy that had been <laughs> cast off you know, three other teams pretty recently. And we see it every year, and I will pound the table for this time after time after time. There is running back talent out there that you don't even need to spend a draft pick on. I was a huge Philip Lindsay fan pre-draft yeah. last year. Called him out on Twitter a bunch of times. Look what Philip Lindsay does with the Broncos. He's he's an amazing runner. He's a UDFA. They didn't pay a draft pick for him, and it happens every year. It's not like a it's not like a needle in a haystack thing. You look at Isaiah Crowell. You look at. Um, uh, you know, there's UDFAs every year yeah. that come out and put up big numbers. The, so, the, the, the Seahawks always get a couple that do good for those guys. Chris Carson. Yeah. Look at Chris Carson. That guy's a hammer. Now, is he as talented as a guy like Marshawn Lynch was or a guy like Todd Gurley is? No, nobody's going to say that. Does he produce just about as much in a system that really sets him up for success with a ton of play-action passing and, and a, you know, an offensive line that now knows how to block? Yeah, it does. So with all that being said, I think I know the answer to this next question, but I have to get your take on Kareem Hunt. That's the big rumor right now, obviously, with the connection with him and Matt Nagy. Um, and then when, when, of course, when Bears Brass was asked about the possibility of signing him, you know, they did not shoot it down. So what do you think about the Bears adding a guy like Kareem Hunt, you know, considering the past he has with the assaults? Uh you know, as a scheme fit, I think Kareem Hunt is a great option. Do yeah. I want Kareem Hunt on the Bears? No, I don't. Um, it's largely because of his off-field concerns. I I don't think that just because he's talented at his job that he should be able to do that. Um, and the other thing is, there's so many other players yeah. that you can get for such a small investment. Why would you go out and take the risk and pay a guy like Kareem Hunt big money when you know that there's a ton of guys out there that can do it and your GM is really good at finding them down in the order, right? Yeah. Tariq Cohen, not a top pick. Jordan Howard, not a top pick. Those guys are stars on the Bears, and he got them for, in terms of draft capital, a song, right? Yeah. And so if you've got that plus a huge pool of UDFAs talking about throwing things at a wall until they stick, why in the world would you put Kareem Hunt on the Bears? So all things considered, you know, the Bears want a guy that's more scheme-friendly, uh, who is the one guy you've seen right now in the draft you would like to say that's the one guy I would love the Bears to take in, in, in the third round with that first pick they have? Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I'd pick a running back with the with that top three. Not that pick. high? Okay. Uh, no, I wouldn't because there's just so much yeah. talent that you can get later on. But there, there are a lot of really talented guys. So I put out a, a question on Twitter to my followers a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, it's a weird year for the Bears. They don't have any top, top draft picks. What do you want me to do? And I said, focus on 1 through 75 in terms of the top 75 players in the draft focus really hard on 75 to like 150 uh or my third fun option was just drink beer and watch running backs and that actually had a really strong showing that's so what i voted for actually thanks to yeah. everybody <laughs> out there on twitter for knowing me really well that that would make my life but um so i'm not going to do that i'm going to focus really hard on 75 to 150 and even in that range there's a ton of guys um Devin Singletary from Florida Atlantic, um, Travion Williams from Texas A&M, Elijah Holyfield from Georgia, a guy that had a great showing at the Senior Bowl was, um, oh, I'm going to 
destroy his name. Divine Ozigbo from Nebraska. Uh-huh. Um, Rodney Anderson would be a top round back if he didn't have injury history from Oklahoma. He's he's really really talented. Um, Justice Hill from Oklahoma State is a guy we heard about a lot a couple of years ago. Didn't hear so much in his senior season. Um, Miles Gaskin right up the road for me at Washington. Um, uh, Bruce Anderson from North Dakota State University. I know um, Jacob Infante, uh, who's a WCG draft guy, is is a big Bruce Anderson fan. So there's just a ton of guys out there, and that's just the guys from like seventy, well, from like sixty to one hundred and sixty sort yeah. of range in the draft. There's going to be guys that you know, I, you know me with running backs. I save them like candy because they're my favorite tape to watch. Yeah, uh, and I'll be watching guys like a week before the draft, and I'll find some guy from. Oh, oh, who knows the Citadel or something and you know just be like this guy's amazing and he'll be a UDFA if he gets a chance uh, you know he could get on a roster it's all about where he lands so I just don't think you go for running back high in the draft I just don't think it makes good sense speaking of UDFAs let's talk about one from last year Ryan Nall he's still on the roster you think there's mm-hmm. any chance he sticks uh, absolutely I think he could give you quite a bit of what Jordan Howard gives you now is he as good as Jordan Howard no there's a talent gap between those two they're a little bit different in style but Nall has this ability and has had since his Oregon State days of of you know being big enough to get through one tackle and then his straight line speed is really good yeah I, I was really surprised last year with, with with I think he had two big runs in the preseason and mm-hmm. and and you know when, when he ran at the combine it wasn't to the point where you think oh yeah he's fast enough but then when you watch him you're like, if oh, you watch tape on Ryan Nall, all his speed. Oregon State tape looks the same. It's yeah. you know he takes one pretty good solid cut, and he's got decent vision, okay feet, not great feet, um, but he's got good power. He's a solid guy, and if he hits one guy, if he gets that you know slot corner coming down on him, and he bounces off him, forget it. People aren't catching him. He will run seventy-five or eighty yards with people trailing him, and his runs in the preseason for the Bears look just like that. Hit a hit a decent crease, hit it hard. Get Get through, get two steps, and then everybody's like, "Whoa!" For a big guy, you know, I didn't think I was going to have to try and catch him, but he'll outrun you. Nice. So, so your last need actually surprised me a little bit, and that's because you have inside linebackers and need a not outside linebacker. Uh, so let me know about your thoughts at, at that position. Yeah, it surprised me too. I really thought going in when you asked me for my five needs, I, I in fact, one of my first ones, I thought, well, they're definitely going to need, you know, you always need more edge talent. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of balance, uh, this is a really weird roster for the Bears. I can't remember a time in the last eight, nine years for sure, maybe decade, when the Bears didn't go into an offseason with a serious hole that needed to be filled so that they could field the team on opening day. You know, they need starter talent at a hole. We're so used to that. As I look through this roster, this roster, even with you know free agents that could walk, um, restricted free agents, everything else, they could field a team tomorrow and play and play at a high level. So really, you've got to start looking at those pipeline guys we're talking about, and this draft lines up for that pretty well because they don't have any high picks, so they can pick some developmental guys. Um, but as you look at expiring contracts, right, uh, Trevathan and Quit uh, Kwiatkowski are both going to leave next year and behind them it's really Roquan Smith and Iggy who they picked this year now I don't think the book is open or closed on Iggy but I'm, I don't think anybody thinks he's going to step in and start yeah. um, next year and displace those guys so if not you need to get somebody else in that pipeline because there's a potential loss of talent coming up here now maybe they re-sign Trevathan to a friendly deal who knows but you got to get some more talent in there and Trevathan's had some injury history as well so we know what they like at inside linebacker but there's really not a lot behind you know Roquan and Iggy 
and uh, you know after next year. So why not get a guy in the pipeline? And again, if you can get that guy in the third round, or he slips a little bit, or you just happen to like him, um, you go get him. At outside linebacker, they've got you know their draft pick from last year, Kylie Fitz. Uh, they've got Isaiah Irving, who's shown some really good flashes, and I think can contribute um, again in a sort of rotational way. Obviously, Floyd and Mac go in as the starters there, but I thought, well, they've actually got a little bit more talent at outside than they do at inside right yeah. now. So that's why I said inside instead of outside. You know, I glanced at the outside linebacker free agency list, and it's a pretty stacked list this year. There, it the, is. the Bears should be able to find a guy that could take Lynch's spot if Lynch does walk. Lynch was making four million this year. You know, they can probably take that kind of money and find a guy that's similar to that as well. In free agency, so uh, I, I kind of see where you're going there with that. So, but but EJ, you know what? I can go on forever talking to you. We've, we've been on here for almost a half an hour now. I should probably wrap things up. So, thank you so much for jumping on and 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 giving me the education on these prospects. Oh, not a problem, man. I'm sure we'll be talking more as we get closer. Yeah, we'll try and do something again right around the combine or, or after, maybe. Sounds perfect. Cool. All right, hey guys, thanks for listening to the T Formation Conversation. We are on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. Make sure you subscribe to our channel uh, on all those places you subscribe. So, until next time. Bear down, my friends.